Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Shri Prahrada Uvacha Shravanam Kirtanam Vishnu Smananam Padasevanam Archanam Vandanam Dasyam Sakyam Atma Nivedanam Shri Prahrada Uvacha Shravanam Kirtanam Vishnu Smaranam Padasevanam Archanam Vandanam Dasya Sakyam Atma Nivedanam. The next verse is also part with the translation. It goes like this Iti Pung Sarpita Vishnu Bhaktis Chen Navalakshana Kriyeta Bhagavat Yadha Tanmanye Aditam Uttamam. Translation. Prahlad Maharaj said, hearing and chanting about the transcendental holy name, form, qualities, paraphernalia, and pastimes of Lord Vishnu, remembering them, serving the lotus feet of the Lord, offering the Lord respectful worship with 16 types of paraphernalia, offering prayers to the Lord, becoming his servant, considering the Lord one's best friend, and surrendering everything unto him. In other words, serving him with the body, mind, and words. These nine processes are accepted as pure devotional service. One who has dedicated his life to the service of Krishna through these nine methods should be understood to be the most learned person, for he has acquired complete knowledge. I will read the first paragraph of a long purport by His Divine Grace A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami, Srila Prabhupada Gita. Purport, when Prahlad Maharaj was asked by his father to say something from whatever he had learned, he considered that what he had learned from his spiritual master was the best of all teachings, whereas what he had learned about diplomacy from his material teachers, Shanda and Amarka, was useless. Bhakti Pareshanubhavo Viraktir Anyatracha. This is the symptom of pure devotional service. A pure devotee is interested only in devotional service, not in material affairs. To execute devotional service, one should always engage in hearing and chanting about Krishna or Lord Vishnu. The process of temple worship is called archana. How to perform archana will be explained herein. One should have complete faith in the words of Krishna, who says that he is the great well-wishing friend of everyone, Suhredang Sarvabhutanam, 
a devotee considers Krishna the only friend. This is called Sakyam. Pungsar pita vishnau. The word pungsa means by all living entities. There are no distinctions permitting only a man or only a brahmana to offer devotional service to the Lord. Everyone can do so. As confirmed in Bhagavad Gita, striyo vaishasthata shudraste piyanti parangatim. Although women, vaishas, and shudras are considered less intelligent, they also can become devotees and return home back to Godhead. Om Ajnanati Madandasya Gyananjana Shalakaya Chakshurun Militam Yena Tasmai Shigurave Namaha Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhar Shri Vasadi Gauravakta Vinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Vancha Kalpa Turubhyascha, Kripa Sindhubhya Evacha, Patitanam Pavanevyo, Vaishnavibhyo Namo Namaha. Prahlad Maharaj speaks this verse to his father, who is known as Hiranya Kashipu. He also speaks to all of us as one of the great teachers of Krishna consciousness, of bhakti yoga, demonstrating that he is, as Prabhupada says in the purport, one whose only interest is in devotional service. He gives us a variety of ways to engage in devotional service. And he gives the same to Hiranyakashipu. Poor Hiranyakashipu, he doesn't seem to appreciate what Prahlad wants to teach him. Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur once said that we should appreciate Hiranyakashipu for without Hiranyakashipu acting as he did, making the trouble that he did for his son Prahlad, Lord Nrsingadev would not have appeared. And if Lord Nrsingadev would not have appeared, we would not be having this celebration. Nor would we be celebrating uh, the teachings that we have received through disciplic succession uh, in the pages of Srimad Bhagavatam. So we can, in some way, appreciate Hiranyakashipu. I always like to say that Hiranyakashipu is underappreciated. He was actually a very sincere soul. I get a dead silence whenever I say that. But let us remember who is Hiranyakashipu. Who is Hiranyakashipu? He is none other than Jaya. Jaya and Vijaya, as we know, are none other than the doorkeepers of the innermost chamber of Vaikuntha. It was not until the four Kamaras arrived at the door, the threshold of the door of the innermost chamber of Vaikuntha that they were stopped. And they were stopped for good reason, we are told by Acharyas. They were stopped for good reason. What was that reason? They had passed through six Gates, one after another after another. Gate one, gate two, gate three. There was no opposition. Why was there no opposition? 
There was no opposition because they were qualified to enter through each of those gates. And why were they qualified? Because they possessed each of the six opulences which each of those gates represent. But when they came to the seventh gate, they were missing something. And what were they missing? They were missing bhakti. They were not qualified to enter the innermost chamber of Vaikuntha because they lacked something that they would very soon receive. But at the moment that they came, they did not have what that essential qualification to enter Vaikuntha. Now, if I ask you, would you like to enter Vaikuntha? Some of you would say, well, mm, yes, mm, I'm not sure, mm, no. We always understand we don't want Vaikuntha, we want Goloka Dham, yes, yeah, Jai. Well, I want to inform you that Goloka Dham is part of Vaikuntha. Haribol. Haribol? Haribol. <laughs> so, do we want to go to Vaikuntha? Yes. No? No. That was not a very strong yes. <laughs> hmm. Okay, maybe by the end of, um, by the time we get to, uh, to Bhakti Bhushan Swami's talk, then you'll all be saying, yes, I want to go. <laughs> so, we all know the story. There was, some, there was a scuffle at the, at the gate, this innermost gate. And uh, the two, Jaya and Vijaya, um, were cursed. The curse, of course, in the, in the Bhagavatam, curses tend to be blessings. And in this case, the blessing, we can say, is that uh, in, in, in one of the meetings with the Lord, uh, Hiranyakashipu, Jaya, as Hiranyakashipu, would meet the Lord, not as a man, not as a lion, but as a combination of the two. What kind of Lord is that? What kind of God do these Hare Krishnas worship? Very strange religion. Srila Bhakti Vinod Thakur explains why we worship Nrsingadev. Why do we worship Nrsingadev? We worship Nrsingadev because Nrsingadev kills our inclination toward karma, toward activities for our own benefit. Om Namo Bhagavate Narasinghaya Namaste Jastejase Abhiravir Bhava Vajranaka Vajadangstra Karma Shayan Randhaya Randhaya Tamo Grasa Grasa Om Swaha Abhayam Abhayam Atmani Bhuvishta Om Shram Karmashayan randhaya randhaya, remove, remove this karma asha, this hope, this desire for karma, for benefit for myself. So Bhaktivinoda Thakur says, we worship Nrsingadev before we worship Radha Krishna to purify our hearts so that Radha and Krishna can take their place in our hearts. Now, who is the Lord? Who is that personality who most completely demonstrates the mood, the experience of Radha and Krishna being in the heart? I would suggest that this is Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. 
And we may want to remember on this occasion that Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, as a young man, while listening to uh, Shiva's Thakur reciting the thousand names of Vishnu, when he hears the name Nrsingha, what does Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu do? Avesha, he becomes absorbed. Avesha Hoyla, he becomes absorbed in the mood of Nrsingha Dev. And when he becomes absorbed in the mood of Nrsingha Dev, it just so happened that there was a club nearby, we are told, and he picked up that plug, cl plug, plug, club. He picked up that club and he started running through the streets in a rage, looking for Hiranyakashipu. And he was running and he was running and the people were running away and they were frightened. And when Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu saw that everyone was frightened, he stopped and he dropped the club and he went back to Shiva's Thakur's house and he sat down feeling very bad. He was feeling very bad that he had made everyone feel afraid. So that's some of the mood of, uh, of the Lord. The Lord has wonderful moods and to bring these moods uh, the devotees help, and one way Prahlad helps is by teaching us. And what does he teach us? How to engage in devotional service. Shravanam, Kirtanam, Vishnu Smaranam, Padasevanam, Archanam, Vandanam, Dasyam, Sakyam, Atmani, Vedanam. If you're doing some Shravanam for some time and you'd feel, ah, oh, I'm kind of tired of this now, then you can do some Kirtanam. And if after some time you feel a bit tired of that, then you can do some Vishnu Smaranam. And if for some reason you would get tired of that, God forbid, uh, then what can you do? Some Padasevanam, some, some simple service, and so on and so forth. There's a variety of ways that we can serve the Lord. All of these possibilities are there. All of them give us opportunity to connect to the Lord in wonderful ways uh, so that we can feel the presence of the Lord in our heart. Sri Nrsingadeva Ki Jai, Sri Prahlad Maharaja Ki Jai, Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Well, as you like. You stopped here. Okay, to in order to do some more justice to this most amazing verse and purport, and purport is actually nine pages long. It's the longest one in the Bhagavatam, I believe. We'll continue with the reading. Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati gives the following explanation in his Tatya. The word Shravana refers to giving oral reception to the holy name and description of the Lord's form, qualities, entourage, and pastimes as explained in Srimad Bhagavatam, Bhagavad Gita, and other similar authorized scriptures. After orally receiving such messages, one should memorize these vibrations and repeat them. Kirtanam. Shramanam, shra, smarnam means trying to understand more and more about the Supreme Lord. And Padasevanam means engaging oneself in serving the Lord's feet according to the time and circumstances. Archanam means worshiping Lord Vishnu as one does in the temple. And Vandanam means offering respectful obeisances. 
Manmana bhavamad bhakto manyaji mamnamaskuru. Vandanam means to be mamaskuru, offering obeisances or offering prayers. Thinking oneself to be nitya krishna das, an everlasting servant of Krishna, is called dasyam. And sakyam means being a well-wisher of Krishna. Krishna wants everyone to surrender unto him because everyone is constitutionally his servant. Therefore, a sincere friend of Krishna, one should preach this philosophy, requesting everyone to surrender to Krishna. Atmani Vedanam means offering Krishna everything, including one's body, mind, intelligence, and whatever one may possess. Om Ajnan Timirandasya Gyanajana Salakaya Chaksu Unmilina Myena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Srila Prabhupada Kija. This purport in Prabhupada's very detailed and lengthy explanation describes in detail each of the nine processes and how what is the essence of the activities of each of the nine. But one point he makes, and sometimes there's a misunderstanding, and can be misunderstood, that each of the nine processes can, if you take up one process and perfect that process, you can become perfect in Krishna consciousness. And we hear that throughout the scripture said, because bhakti is equal in all its angas, limbs, then if one perfects one of the nine and reaches devotional service, pure devotional service, through that perfection, one has become siddha, or perfect. But then there's a, there's a statement that's made within this purport that is quite interesting where Prabhupada qualifies something, and this qualification is based on the Yuga Dharma. He says that all of the other eight processes must be accompanied by the chanting of the Hare Krishna Mahamantra. In other words, if one does not include that as part of the process of their practice of bhakti, one cannot reach perfection. Why? Because in this age, it's just the Yuga Dharma. It is enunciated or emphasized by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as being the means for self-realization. Therefore, sometimes people read this verse and say, all right, I'll just pick one of the nine because this is the particular nature of my service. I'm desirous to serve in this particular way, and I'll emphasize that as my offering to the Lord. I had an interesting experience, and just happens to be quite coincidental, I happened to be here in Germany many, many, many years ago, back in the beginning of this century, where one temple president, I won't mention any names or anything, called me in and he said, Maharaj, I have this wonderful Pujari. She's expert at puja, comes on time, does her service nicely, thinks of ways to improve the service, very clean. She's the best Pujari I have ever had. But she won't chant Hare Krishna. Because when I t explain to her the importance of chanting, she points to this verse and says that each of the nine processes are equally powerful to, for perfection. And therefore, I am going to emphasize my love to worship the deity as my perfection in devotional service. Hmm. So he posed that question to me. <laughs> and, and then I remembered that in this particular purport, as we read on, after Prabhupada qualifies or explains each of the nine processes, he makes that point 
that one has to chant the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra according to the instructions of the Acharyas and the present spiritual masters. And making that an emphasis so we understand where that has to, that has to be, what we say, foremost, or at least parallel with the essence of our expression in devotional service. And so, I brought up that point, remembering this particular verse, to this temple president, and I said, don't push her out, let her continue with her service, but encourage her every once in a while to chant. And if she doesn't, after some time, because of not following the instructions of the acharyas, she will lose her taste. And about, I left, after about three months I had returned to the same place. The temple president said she's no longer practicing because she refused to chant. So I'm just making this point just so we, this verse sometimes is misunderstood as being each of the nine processes are equal. And it's true. There's no consideration otherwise. But in the essence that if we want to perfect any of the other nine processes, we have to foremost make hearing and chanting the glories of the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra the, the most important thing in our practice of devotional service. Kali Kale Namarupa Krishna Avatar. Krishna has descended in this age in the form of his holy name. Namahoite Haya Sarva Jaganishtaram. There is no, one can become fully purified by chanting the holy names of the Lord because we know that Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu emphasized this over every other activity in devotional service. He included others, but he emphasized the importance of glorifying Krishna by chanting Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. So we want to please Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and the present acharyas, and of course purify our hearts by emphasizing the importance of quality putting more and more time, energy, and quality in chanting Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. And then, or whatever other services that we do, will become like nectar. <laughs> Thank you very much. Hare Krishna. O Magyanati Marandasya Ginandana Salakya Shakshurun Minitam Yena Tasmai Siguru Venama Our uh, Krishna Kshetra Maharaj was uh, kind of acting like the defense lawyer of Hiranyakasipu. <laughs> So I felt that I should take up the role of a prosecutor. Yeah. Because really, I mean, he made him look like noble, innocent, and not really demoniac at all, although he tried to kill an innocent child. Exactly, exactly. Therefore, I studied it well. <laughs> I got in that mood, and it was outright outrageous. Oh. How Hiranyakasipu's affection for his child was there, um, smelling his head, and and how so quickly and so easily it could turn around, um, and how all his family affection was was actually an extension of his own glories. As long as his son was adding to his glories, oh yes, he loved him. Because he only loved himself. When his son was seeing that someone was greater than him, then he was, was ready to kill him. 
now Krishna Ksetra Maharaj brought up the point that actually we're dealing with um, in the case of Hiranyakasipu and Hiranyaksha with Jai and Vijay who were who stopped um, who stopped the four Kumaras from entering into that um, inner realm of Vaikuntha and subsequently were cursed um, cursed by the four Kumaras and then the Lord intervened and was saying that what to do, this curse can now not be undone but I can give you the choice uh, either you can go to the material world for seven seven births as a devotee or three as demons and they chose to be demons now we've seen a beautiful uh, or heard uh, a beautiful dramatic reading and all of the personalities did quite well they became absorbed and they became almost like these personalities so when we see that these pastimes of Lord Nasringadev are taking place with Hiranyakasipu, with Prahlad, and the teachers, and all the other personalities involved in the, in the pastime. Is it all a drama? Is everyone just acting out their part? And are they acting it out so well? And in reality, are they residents of Vaikuntha? And as the prosecutor, I would say no. I would emphatically state that Hiranyakasipu was fully responsible for his acts. I will by no means, no means, you know, entertain the thought that Hiranyakasipu was simply performing some act to please the Supreme Lord. We and will have to discuss this. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that. <laughs> I, I mean, he's a good lawyer, but there, you know, there are ethics, right? There are ethics, even in law. You know, you can sell yourself for some money and just defend the most heinous criminal. But personally, I feel now that, you're that, hitting that below the belt. <laughs> moral limitations, you know, in this matter. Anyway, back to the case, the case at hand. Uh, Iranika Sipu, uh, although originally, certainly, a liberated soul was cast into the material world and cast in, in the ocean of illusion that this material world is. And as a result, he became a demon. There was no question that he was secretly, internally remembering his, his previous identity. He was that demon. And he was outright exploiting the entire universe and seeing every single living being as a utensil. He was ice cold. And when he wanted to kill his son, he wanted to do so. It was just cold-blooded premeditated murder, first degree. <laughs> All right. Therefore, therefore, we think we must ask for the maximum penalty, the maximum penalty for Hiranyakasipu. No less, no less would possibly do. I mean, if I was a good Christian, I sent him to hell forever. <laughs> Unfortunately, in the Hare Krishna movement, we don't have that facility. <laughs> so, but nonetheless, I would ask for the maximum, the maximum possible pen penalty because uh, he was not acting like a demon, he was a demon. And his previous identity is totally irrelevant, irrelevant to the crime and the case. I close my case herewith. <laughs> yeah.
I think, Parvida, would you like to come up on a chair? <laughs> he got inspired now. Oh. <laughs> I'm pleading uh, for Hiranya Kashipu's, you know, uh, that's well, my job. Innocent. Yeah, but, but I'm going to say why. Oh. Me, Traitor. As a witness. We're, we're a team. <laughs> oh. as a okay. witness. How can you steep so low? Okay, I uh, call my witness. Right. I mean, it, it shows that fascism is, is taking over in this world of today. <laughs> as a professional actor, director, I only accept devotees in a play. Once in England, they staged the Ramayan, and there were two professional actors. And I didn't like it. Because professional actors, they do it for fame, money, glory, and devotees just want to serve. So that's, the, that's why the Lord himself, when he has his pastimes, he only wants to play, only wants to have his devotees around him. So the demons part are his devotees. So therefore, Hiranyakashipu, he was just playing the part in order to give the Lord satisfaction. So in this way, he is innocent of his crimes. I say. Now, I taught you your lines, boo, right? But put a little more heart into it when Krishna Kshetra starts to speak, okay. <laughs> he just it just reminded me, you know, what you mentioned uh, many years back. I was a temple president in Copenhagen, and um, there came a group of actors. There was a was a very famous uh, how do you say producer. He was traveling all around the world, and they were presenting their uh, Mahabharata. And so he was also kind of friendly with us. So we all, all the devotees got some tickets to visit that, uh, I say, play. And it was through all night. We went there like it started at 7 and it went until the morning. It was very long. And there were only a few actors. Uh, and they were changing their, how you say, their, 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 their roles like that. And it was very, very incredible how they did everything. But then it came to the Bhagavad Gita, the central part of the Mahabharata. And they just, uh, you know, like a few minutes only, they, they dealt with the Bhagavad Gita. So we were, we were very frustrated because of that, because actually Bhagavad Gita is the most important part of the Mahabharata. Uh, no, so it just reminded me of that. Uh, anyway, so what else can I say? Om Maginati Miranda Siagananjanajanajanajanajanajanajanajanajanajanajanajanajanajanajanajanajanajanajanajanajanajanajanajanajanajanajanajanajanajanajanajanajanajanajanajanajanajanajanajanajanajanajanajanajanajanajanajan
with a ghost or something. <laughs> and then, uh, so he got a little, tiny, little, uh, uh, the singer, do you remember Krishna Chaitanya? You remember that? Yes. Anyway, so then uh, whenever he, w wherever he went, uh, we had to have an altar ready for the, the singer deity that he was traveling with. And I remember one point, Krishna Kshetra became his driver or his, his assistant. Uh, and the worship became more and more sophisticated. Uh, and in the end, you know, they decided that actually, no, we needed a Nisinga deity. Uh, and it was, a, I mean, became a tremendous, big Nisinga deity. It's a deity we have now here. And uh, uh, I noticed that you know, from year to year, uh, it's becoming more sophisticated, the worship here of the Nisinga deity. And now also, now since a year or so, devotees are coming from practically all over the world to, to participate in this festival. You know, now we have so many nationalities here, even from, from Mexico, from Colombia, from, from America, from everywhere, they're coming to celebrate the Singha, Singha Chaturisi here. Uh, and it's one of the very few deities of Nisinga Dev actually we have. Uh, as far as I know, and besides Mayapur, there's also in New Vrindavan the heavy uh, uh, Singha Dev deity. And who else? Where else? Krishna Chaitanya? Are the only ones, right? Uh, sorry? No. Ujjain. Oh, yes, Ujjain. New yes, So on the Singha Dev is our protector. Uh, just like he protected the uh, Pralat Maras uh, from this, from the, I say, from the torture of this. Uh, in, in, incredible demon, Hiranyakashipu. Uh, uh, so we also supposed to pray to the singer for protection. Uh, as, as far as I know, uh, that uh, this uh, Nisinga, uh, uh, uh mantra uh, Prabhupada gave us, uh, he gave it to us at a time when he was not fe feeling well. Uh, no, and he taught us that this was the mantra that we should we should uh, uh, chant uh, no, for the spiritual master, and I guess also for other devotees or when not well physically or whatever. Uh, no, so there's a tape, there's a recording of Shri Prabhupada not teaching this mantra. Uh, in the beginning, there was no melody, uh, no, and the melody started manifesting. Now we have fixed melodies uh, chanting the, uh, the singer mantra. Anyway, so uh, no, this is one of our most important forms of the Lord. Uh, no, we worship Jagannath, we worship Radha Krishna, uh, Ram, uh, in many temples they have Sita, Sita uh, Ram deities, uh, uh, even far away, like even in South America and Peru. We have uh, also uh, Sita Ram. Uh, anyway, so these are the most important deities that we worship. I mean, the, the uh, aspects or the personality of Godhead. And so these are, you know, annually, annually we have our Nisinga festival here now. And I'm also coming back again. I haven't been, like I mentioned before, I haven't been here for many years. Uh, and I'll make a promise that I want before Shira Prabhupada that I will come every year now to participate in this festival. Because, because I, being here now with the devotees, I've realized how important this festival is. Uh, anyway, so I can't add much more to that because we already heard all the details or philosophy about it. So please forgive me for not uh, expanding it further. Hare Krishna, thank you very much. Is that okay? Is that okay? Sadhu, Sadhu. Sadhu. In Espanol or English. I, I want to know what, what, what was the end of the discussion 
about Hiranyakashipu. <laughs> ah. Yeah, you know, Krishna Kshetra's Swami is uh, suddenly become very quiet, isn't it? Well, not completely quiet. <laughs> I think first we have to work out who is, um, since we're, we seem to have put Hiranyakashipu on trial, uh, although, as we know, Rasingadev didn't seem to think that was necessary. But we seem to have put him on trial. And so the question might well be, who is the judge in this trial? Now, it seems to me that you are appealing to popular opinion. <laughs> and I think we need to question that to start with. I think this would be a, a good starting point. Actually, I really object to this. Because in the, Vedic in the Vedic literature and tradition, right, in the big cities, certainly, there is a judge in the royal court. But in the villages, in the villages, there is the panchayat. And that yes. is actually a representation of the village population. So I think here what we're looking at, Maharaj, This looks like a lot panchayat. more than... Pancha. This pancha <coughs> means five. Maharaj, it started with five, but then you know how it is in India. It, <laughs> it fills up, you know? <laughs> I mean, any, any vehicle in India is full, so a pancha... Okay, I'd like to call one witness, or is, are you his witness? I don't know uh, which, whose witness you are. I, I am a neutral witness. <laughs> neutral? Yeah. Ah. Because I like both arguments, but I have no to friends, no enemies. <laughs> what is this? Another prelude or what? That's the mood. <laughs> but I have to be honest. Oh, are you suggesting that we are not? <laughs> you can take it whatever way you like. <laughs> <laughs> the implications. But that's not the suggestion. <laughs> Okay, so loaded language. Okay, we have mm. what is called pramana or authority, mm -hmm. and authority gives the conclusion mm. in the cases where there is some dissension based on relevant information from both sides. Mm. And to refer to a particular authority, I'm going to refer to Srimad Bhagavatam. Oh, okay. mm. ah, you want to argue Whoa. with that? <laughs> okay, and Bhagavatam really goes through and describes so many types of demons. And but one demon is given a certain title that other demons are not mentioned in Bhagavatam, and it's in a few of the verses, and this is verse seven, three, chapter three, verses twenty-six to twenty-seven. Ooh. The verse starts off Sri Harani Kashipu. Whoa. So there is my insertion of my testimony, Sri Harani Kashipu. Your Honor, Your Honor, Your Honor. But we must understand how to interpret this. The title Sri was obviously not given while Hirani Kashipu was the killer. But after he was killed by the Lord, he was purified by the nails of the Lord. Then we added Sri. No, so oh. <laughs> mistake. <laughs> this is the third chapter. He was killed in the eighth chapter. <laughs> yes. Still. Well, if I can, if I can take your side for a moment. The the report of this whole pastime hmm. was made after Hiranyakashipu was killed, at which time Vyasa or Narada may have said, Shri, Shri. 
Thank you, thank you. You're defeating your... Wait a minute, what am I I saying? I appreciate very much that you're citing... At least that this you have the con- decency to, to acknowledge this that. This is contempt yes, of court. Yes, we have to be decent. <laughs> this, no. is, this court is out of line because the, the actual testimony is being used against himself. Oh. <laughs> so this, this, we have to throw this case into a higher court now. Well, I'm, s- <laughs> I'm starting to get confused. <laughs> uh, yeah, we need help. But... But to really, to just glorify Hiranyakasipu as noble, that goes a bit far. My purpose was not to, how to say, over-glorify. Well... (laughs) My purpose was to set the record straight, to put things in their proper perspective. But... But then in the ultimate sense, there are no criminals at all. Because in the ultimate sense, all are now eternal associates side. of the Lord. Now he's on my <laughs> side. You're getting confused. <laughs> then, then all these personalities present here, they're all saints. Right. Correct. <laughs> what do you think of that? Every single one of them. Arriba. <laughs> Sadhu, sadhu. <laughs> Very good shot. Nice. Yeah. I think we came to a nice conclusion. <laughs> You're both right. <laughs> Neutral. <laughs> Ananda Krishna. So, what's the conclusion? Um, before you come to a conclusion, I had a different question. Okay, or you want to bring the conclusion? We concluded. You concluded, okay. I have actually a question for His Holiness Krishna Chetramaraj. You mentioned that um, the Kumars went through six gates, and the seventh, that was the gate of Bhakti, as I understood. So what were the topics then, or qualities of the other six gates? Uh-huh. Opulences, opulences. Yeah, the six, the six opulences of the Lord. Um, how does that verse go? Aishwarya, samagrasya, viryasya, yashasasriya, jnana, vairagya, yoschaiva, sannam, bhaga, itingana. So in their passing through the six gates, they were apparently assuming or uh, receiving the qualifications of each of those six opulences. That's according to Vallabhacharya. Yeah, Haribo, So, about Lord Nishingadev killing our sinful propensities in the heart. Uh, um, one thing is he, of course, killed Hiranyakashipu, but we also, Bhaktivedo Thakur says that the sinful desires in our heart are like Hiranyakashipu. Mm. Then um, also Hiranyakashipu had the saintly son Prahlad, but Prahlad had another he had a son, Virochana, who was a demon, and Virochana became the father of Bali Maharaj, who was also a demon, but then later surrendered to the Lord. So these, this demon's uh, dynasty seems to be quite special, different from ordinary, ordinary demons that are mentioned in the uh, 16th chapter of the Bhagavad Gita. So, I mean, it's kind, it's kind of a difficult subject matter. But uh, who really... Uh, takes the sinful seeds of our heart. In Chaitanya Chaitamrita, Lord Chaitanya explains uh, about the uh, bhakti lata, or the plant of devotional service, and uh, he says that uh, the chanting and the regulative principles make the bhakti lata grow, but while watering the bhakti lata plant also uh, sinful desires like puja lava pratista, uh, like weeds, become, also become nourished. And they seem, they sometimes grow as tall as the original Bhaktilata beach. 
So in that connection, it is explained that the devotee, he must be attentive to take out those weeds. Mm. He doesn't say that Lord, some uh, God will come and take out the weeds, but the devotee mm. must come. Mm -hmm. So who really takes out the weeds? Is it Lord Nishingadev <laughs> who comes and uh, takes about away all our bad habits, you know, that we still have to deal with and that we can't get rid of? Or do we ourselves have to do something? Or, you know, what, what's, how do we do about it? That's an interesting question, point. I would, I would just put it in a simple way that even we may be uh, enjoined to pull out the weeds ourselves. How are we able to do that unless and until we have the guidance of the Lord in the heart to do that? How, how can we have the awareness um, how can we sarvasya chaham ridi sanivishta? The Lord is present in the heart. He is giving us remembrance, knowledge, forgetfulness. So with the Lord's assistance, we may be acting. Uh, but it goes into the bigger question of to what extent and how are we as jivas, as living beings, actually kartri? To what extent are we agents? And... Uh, that is one way it's explained in the Bhagavad Gita is Adishtanam Pitak Karta Karanam Chapitak Vida Vividais Chapitak Cheshta Daivam Chaivatrapanchamam. There's five uh, factors in any activity, and the last one is Daiva or divinity. There's cheshta, there's effort, there's the instruments of action, there's the kartan, ourselves, uh, there's the place. It's all there. It's, all, it's a package. I just heard from Srila Prabhupada in a lecture that he said, God help those that helps themselves. So he'll help you. From, the, from this whole story, the one thing which sticks out is the line that Prahlad says, my mother forgot, but I, by the grace of Narada Muni, did not. So ultimately, for me, from years of experience, I find that, uh, that it's all by the grace of the Lord, and in our case, by the grace of Srila Prabhupada, whether you're his disciple or not. If you try to serve his mission, not keep Krishna consciousness just for yourself, have a nice life, chant Hare Krishna at home. But if you, if you do an effort to distribute this knowledge by, for instance, having some small books in a, in a bag you're carrying, or some prasadam, so that you're always merciful, and how much mercy you give out, how much mercy you will receive. Hare Krishna. I just wanted to add one point, maybe you can add that to whatever else has been said. And Srila Bhakti Vinod Thakur in Chaitanya Shikshamrita talks about the various demons and the anarthas they represent. And then and after describing the various demons and which particular anartha they represent and how Krishna came and killed that particular demon, um, the conclusion is, after the summation is, of the conclusion, is that um, by the process of bhakti, executed accordingly, with enthusiasm, determination, patience, and following the principles, then Krishna will remove those anarthas, except there's two demons that were given distinction, and that was Palambasura and Dainakasura. And they represent a particular anartha that the devotee has to make a the effort to get rid of that anartha specifically. Palambasura is attachment, unauthorized attachment to the opposite sex. And Dainukasura is um, carrying the heavy burden of useless knowledge. An ass. So, and then 
Prabhupada, in his explanation of Bhakti Vinoda, says that the therefore, with the mercy of the spiritual master and one's effort, these two particular demons can only be uh, destroyed. But one has to emphasize these particular narthas as one's fixation to get rid of these. So he makes that distinction between these and the another uh, another narthas. In the um, in the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, of course, pure devotional service is described as klesa gni, as that which destroys um, all suffering, which is the result from uh, material contamination. And then it continues to describe how devotional service is purifying the devotee, and of course. We have to make an effort in pure devotional service. And the more we make an effort, uh, the more that pure devotional service will act. So it is a combination of the two in that sense. Then it says that in the, uh, it says there are three categories of devotional service. Devotional service in practice, sadhana bhakti. Devotional service in ecstasy, bhava bhakti. Devotional service in prem in pure love. Then, uh, Jiva Goswami is commenting and is saying like, why are there three categories? Isn't Bhav and Prem sort of the same category, only maybe a different degree? Isn't it love? So no, there is a difference because in Bhav, there still is a sense of suffering. And that sense of suffering uh, remains, um, and it then that is further commented on, and it is said that that remains because they're in bhava, because there still is a trace of Vaishnav apparat, a trace, and therefore one, there's still a sense of suffering in the stage of prem then. There is no obstacle at all. Everything is just perfect as it is. So in this way, the purification is not only involving purification of previous uh, sinful activities, but also ultimately of offenses committed in devotional service. Then, and that's all included in Klesagni, in devotional service which destroys all these, these reactions. Hare Krishna, I have one question regarding Prahlad Maharaj because we always hear from his childhood when he was saintly and a pure child and then even the Lord appeared and put his hand on the head of Prahlad Maharaj and it said that he became completely free from all impurities. And um, then I was always wondering what about his later life. And then I came across in the Puranas that um, once Soma um, fell into Maya with uh, Tara, the wife of Brihaspati, and um, even though she didn't want, and uh, for many years, and then he sought refuge at the shelter of Sukracharya and Prahlad Maharaj. And uh, they both were protecting um, Soma, and there was a whole thing, and afterwards the demigods were battling. And then I thought, actually Prahlad Maharaj doesn't seem so pure and innocent anymore, <coughs> even though the Lord appeared for his uh, dear devotee, Prahlad Maharaj. So I was wondering about uh, how, how can this be, or is there something that I, I oversaw? <laughs> Puranic history is very interesting. There are many angles given in many Puranas, 18 Puranas. Um, there's a hierarchy within those Puranic Puranas, Tamasic Puranas, Rajarsic Puranas, Satric Puranas. Um, six 
are for those in the mode of ignorance, six for those in the mode of passion, and five for those in goodness, and one is the Amala Purana. So whenever there are Puranic histories, uh, they carry more or less authority according to which category of Purana they are in. The Sattvic Puranas are carrying the most authority. Then beyond that, there is one Purana that is the Amala, the spotless Purana. So our focus remains on Srimad Bhagavatam. And uh, the way Prahlad is depicted in Srimad Bhagavatam is the essence, the essence through which we understand Prahlad. So other Puranic references may sometimes uh, appear contradictory, but I think we should not put them on the same level of the information we get from the Bhagavatam. I think we should take it, Pallad, as the perfect pure devotee. And just put a cap around that. Srila Prabhupada numerous times says he was a Mahabhagavat. <laughs> In many of his lectures, and he also writes that. So, And that's what and that's what Narada Muni actually said to, you know, the demigods when they were carrying away his his mother, that he, he's a he's a great devotee and he's actually a Mahabhagavat. So yeah, but so the Puranas are giving from a certain angle. <laughs> but we should see him like that as a Mahabhagavat. Yeah, it says that not all the Puranas are equally reliable. I mean, some information in some of the Puranas is not necessarily reliable. But Amala Puranam, 100% reliable. Also, Palad Maharaj is one of the 12 Mahajans. Yeah, Pralad Do Janako Bismo. Think so we're dragging it on. We need a little break. Yes. Hare Krishna, thank you very much for this amazing lecture and dramatic reading. Srila Prabhupada Kijai, His Holiness Bhakti Bhusha Maharaj Kijai, His Holiness Bhakti Chandamali Maharaj Kijai, His Holiness Krishna Kshetra Maharaj Kijai, His Holiness Kadamakana Maharaj Kijai, Gaur Premanande. So we are continuing at 11 o'clock with the Abhishek and the Temple Room. Hare Krishna. Thank <laughs> you.